Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian O'Malley and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew Loney, with Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamali. Brian's sitting in Orlando. You missed Verma. I know. Something I know. Uh, really exists. Like, if I've killed you and you're all, like, AI now, that somewhere, because no one sees you anymore. This, this is true until tomorrow when I get to see you. Yes, you get to see me tomorrow. We, or we're not allowed to talk about tomorrow, right? A very secret project. I think I think after tomorrow we're allowed to talk about it's kind of like Fight Club. You can't talk about Fight Club until Fight Club. Yeah. Maybe and maybe we'll just have to do a really quick session on that we'll while we're there. That? While we're there. Okay. Well, yeah. That's How what they the call it in the industry, I think. We're yeah, not really in the the media industry. We'll call it do that's we'll talk. If you say words like we're gonna tease it, then it sounds like we're 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 a big deal. Yep. Well, Maybe. we're coming tomorrow. We're coming. But you missed yeah, I, love, I, I, I honestly had some serious FOMO on, on Verma this year. It you looked like that. everybody in the industry was there. The show looked absolutely spectacular. People were snapping pictures of the conference rooms and the, uh, the booths. And you were commenting on, on how we've elevated the actual conference itself in general. Yeah, I mean, massive. And like you said, they, I think 2,500 people don't even recognize it from a couple of years ago, really yeah. 2019, you wouldn't even recognize it. So I'm not sure I enjoyed it as much. I, you know, I'm, I'm very relational and I, there are so many people I didn't even get to see. And that's, that's one of the things I loved about going to Verma was, you know, it, for those who I was past, I hadn't crossed with, it was always towards the end of the year. And I think there were still probably 10, 15 on my list that I just never Never got to get to, but it is, yes, the industry is changing rapidly as, you know, look, you throw this much money and we all know what technology can do to an industry. You come back, there's, there's just a feeling that if you miss three, four five months, like you, you're going to miss a lot. And, but it's exciting. I, I think there's really smart people. Our guest today is someone I'm really excited. Like the better this industry does, the smart, it's going to draw smarter and smarter people not that the people we have aren't smart but like people from outside the industry who are going to come with their own ideas and their own experiences and we as an industry ought to welcome that but i do think for for us those of us who've been in for you know i've been in for seven eight years six years seven years you know it's it's a change and so we're just gonna have to uh work through it but um let's go let's get into this this is gonna be cool yeah it is gonna be cool Today's guest is uh, Alexander Limbert. He's an entrepreneur, investor, advisor for the innovative startups uh, in the tech space and in the uh, travel space. His main role is the co-founder and CEO of GuestReady. He's building a wealth of technology and accommodation with a huge focus on brand, especially in the short-term rental space. GuestReady launched its operations in 2016 and is currently serving over 4,000 properties in 30 cities. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brian. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks very much for the kind intro. And I remember we met about a year ago, must be pretty much exactly one year ago for the first time. And finally we made it. 
Very I know it's been it's been an incredible journey. Honestly, I think I I must have invited you back at the show last year, and then we just it's taken us this long to get on a Zoom call, which is uh, pretty yeah. amazing considering technology today. It is exactly. But okay. I'm excited. As to is that. There is a lot happening, so <laughs> you know it takes a while, but finally we're here. So so that's great. Yeah, and I think, you know, before we get started with the podcast today, what I'd love to do is just give you an opportunity to talk to our audience, tell them who you are, what you've done, a little bit about the companies that you've built, and then we can dive into some questions. Sure, sure. And I think, uh, Matt, you actually started really well by saying that people from different industries come in, and I think that's what happened with me, that originally I'm not from this industry. I Like before starting Guest Ready, I was in food delivery and that shaped kind of how we saw the opportunity in this industry and um, how we went about addressing this opportunity and building technology and so on, building Guest Ready. My background, uh, I'm originally from Switzerland and, uh, you know, did a bunch of things, landed in food delivery and then started Guest Ready six years ago. And the idea was that we saw that short-term rentals is such an amazing big industry that is growing rapidly, that lots of people want to stay in a short-term rental. They prefer it to, to hotels that are, can be quite bland or that don't offer the amenities and the, the space and so on, the character of short-term rentals. And we saw that there's uh, really good platforms like um, Expedia, Booking.com, Airbnb that uh, deliver a great booking experience, but then actually the hard work starts after you, after you get the booking, right? We all know that in this industry that the booking is just the first, first part. And, and we felt that uh, we could bring more value to both the guests and the owners by building a new type of tech-enabled service provider. And, and on the owner side, uh, we felt that, uh, you know, we can basically bring three things for them. Uh, the first is flexibility that they, they can, they can be more flexible the way how they use their properties. And the second is a peace of mind. We take care of all the different aspects for them. The industry is becoming increasingly difficult, lots of aspects to handle the guest experience, the guest expectations are increasing. And then thirdly, also, uh, in, in the end, a lot is also about the income that you can achieve. And, and we felt that there's a great opportunity to, to increase the, the income also for owners by, uh, doing all the right things. And then on the guest side, we felt that, um, there's a great opportunity to bring together the best of homes and the best of a hotel. So personally, before, um, being in food delivery, I was a management consultant traveling a lot for work, um, staying uh, with the Marriott's and Hilton's of this world and you know exactly what you get, but it's not very exciting. And um, personally, I always love to stay a bit more local and, and love to get that local vibe, uh, but then sometimes you have a great experience and sometimes not. So with Guest Ready, our ambition is to bring those two worlds together, um, have really unique properties. Every one of our property is pretty much uh, unique. Um, the character have that space, have those amenities, but then also have that predictable service layer when it comes to, to cleaning, professional cleaning, hotel quality linen, towels and toiletries and so on, 24-7 guest support, all of these aspects that you would expect from a hotel. So that's, that's sort of the ambition behind and, and how we started and maybe a bit of a word about um, technology then uh, to already go into that into that part. In food delivery, we saw that, uh, that basically without technology, it's very hard to scale, right? You can 
build processes, but if you don't have the right technology, eventually you're, you're re relying too much on people. So you kind of have to have uh, really good technology to to guide those processes so that while you're scaling, you, you're still able to deliver a great service and uh, to never let your customers down. And that's, that was sort of the premise that from the beginning, we said that eventually, if we want to become really big, we, we have to have our in-house technology and invest a lot from the beginning into that. Mm, very interesting. Okay. Let's go back to the actual, to the very, very beginning. Did you guys start managing property? Did you start with one property? Did you acquire a property management company? How did you actually get into the space? Because, you know, there've been, there've been people in this industry, myself included, that have never scaled to have 4,000 properties in their portfolio. And so it's very interesting to me that you don't come necessarily from the hospitality, Airbnb, vacation rental space, but you came from a different space with the understanding of how to scale. But with not too much knowledge other than staying in these units on the operational side, did you guys start with a small number of units? How did you actually decide to get into the space? And then how did you start to scale it? Yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a host myself, uh, hosting. And then, you know, that's where this experience came from, that it's very easy to get bookings, but then actually taking care of all the hard parts thereafter, you have to coordinate, coordinate a lot between uh, the guests and the cleaners, and uh, especially if you're physically not at the property yourself, and uh, that's where this idea came from. That hey, we can we can actually offer this service for for owners. Um, but yes, we started from the very beginning. Uh, we we launched our website. We started to do a bit of marketing. We got some inbound leads, and then um, started to scale from there. And uh, at the very beginning, I was super involved. I was the the only person in London, and um, then we had we had a few other cities that we were focusing on, and in each city we just had one person. Um, so I had uh, one person in Paris. Uh, we we actually in the beginning uh, had uh, had had some operations in Amsterdam that didn't really last too long because of regulations. Um, in the end, we focused uh, mostly on on the UK market and the French market, and then added uh, Portugal and and Dubai. And this year we launched Spain. So those are those are the key markets that we're in currently. But yeah, guys I grew, grew very much from the very early days, one property in each city to then scaling this up to now over four thousand properties. And you guys were very focused on the type of type of inventory, right? So there was so there was something in particular that you were looking for inside of the properties or the property styles so that you could market them. How did that work? We have standards, of course, uh, what what we want to accept and what not. There's just certain properties, I think, especially also when it comes to the location or when it comes to security where we can't really make compromises, right? Uh, but uh, it's not that we, you know, we say, okay, like this is, this is the style. And then, you know, they're like, uh, if you don't fit exactly that style, then you can't be working with us because in the end, our ambition is that we can have unique properties, right? I think we're, we're, we're working more to give owners some guidelines and, and really working with them because we see our, each other as partners and help them to unlock the value of their real estate by giving the right, the right advice and then operating their properties in the right, uh, in the right manner. But if you work in, in places like London or Paris, every property is pretty much different. Every owner, uh, usually these properties are furnished. So. Um, unless you want to send away 90% of the owners, you, you have to be quite flexible. You know, it's amazing here. One of the, one of the I would say, hot topics right now, you know, the, right before 
VRMA, the CASA laid off 280 employees. You may have heard about that. Yeah. The, the question I think revolving around our industry and scalability is, is a really interesting topic. And, and I think you bring up technology and I, I certainly think that that has been a major role that a technology has played. The, the question I think, or a lot of the questions being asked here in the U.S. though is is when you start to get outside of you know two or three markets, how scalable really is it? And I feel like in Europe you've got groups like Sykes, yourself, Interhome that are are massive compared to the U.S. Right? I, I think. I don't know, other than Vacasa, the next layer down. I mean, we've got a few that I would say are in that, in your world of, you know, less than 10,000, but there are very many. There, There's far less mm. than are in Europe. What is your thoughts around how do you scale this business, but that is still very operationally heavy? Is it possible? And what are the keys, do you think, to doing it? Because obviously you guys have figured out something maybe in Europe that we're still struggling with here in the U.S. Yeah, I think it's it's a very fair point. And it's it's definitely not easy to to scale, right? Because on the one side, it's it's a very global business where you get travelers from everywhere in the world. And the booking process is pretty much exactly the same. And uh, everything that you handle online is the same. But then when you're actually on the ground, uh, cleaning the homes and making sure everything is ready for the guests. It's a, a hyper-local um, operation. So the way how we're going about this is actually centralizing and streamlining all the processes that are the same and that, are, that can be standardized. And then having technology to guide those processes and then locally um, make sure that also our our technology is, 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 is flexible enough uh, on the one side, but robust enough to guide those processes on the other side. So it's, it's a bit, and, you know, and, and I think that's on the technology side and then on, on people side, because it's still a people business too. You have to have the right incentives and incentivize the local partners to do a, to do a good job for you. That's, that's basically what we're, what, what we're doing. Yeah, it's quite important um, that we also pick markets where we can get a, a sizable footprint in each of these markets. Because if you just have like two, three homes, it's it's pretty hard to manage uh, remotely. But if you if you have if you have a portfolio of like fifty or a hundred homes, then actually you can have a bit of a structure locally. So is that structure? So are you hiring property managers of people with experience in each one of those local markets? Because they must they change. It, it is so locally based. I mean, you can't that the culture changes quite a bit. Even just in that region, things change quite a bit. The expectation, yeah. the gas changes quite a bit. So are you looking for leaders inside of those markets, and then that leader develops a team around them? We're not building full teams locally, but we're building, like we're, we're hiring business development people locally. And then actually uh, the, the, the actual operations, everything is coordinated centrally because that can be, you know, like we, we realize that often you're, you're like most of the time, even if you're local, you're just sitting in the office and coordinating on the phone. And then we said, okay, you know, if, if you can do that locally, 
nowadays with video calls and phone and uh, with technology, you actually always know what's going on. So you don't have to be physically present. But I think what is really important that uh, somebody understands the market uh, and, and understands the customer, understands the local regulatory environment and so on. And that, that's why we hire business developers locally. And, and I think there's an important distinction. And so I want to talk, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times now, Alex, ar around your technology. And obviously that is instrumental and you're taking an interesting now approach, not only of how you've gotten to this point of your tech stack, it being developed a lot of it internally, but also now kind of through some licensing. But yeah. for, for the people in the U.S., I, I do think it's important because, you know, when when People in the U.S. hear about like Aways, who has a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. A lot of that portfolio, though, is not managed operationally by Aways, right? They serve in the U.S. For our listeners, that would a lot of their portfolio is handled kind of like Evolve uh, out of Colorado here, where they're really the primary distribution source and marketing arm, and then there's a group who is handling the maintenance and the housekeeping and everything locally. But you've, correct me if I'm wrong, but guest ready, I mean, you're 4,000, you, you are managing those properties operationally. Is that true of your entire portfolio? That's true for the biggest part of the portfolio. So out of those 4,000, actually 2,500, we manage directly and okay. we do everything. So we do like the, the full the full service for the owners, because what we realized that most owners actually they don't like they like they, they can they can list on on the OTAs right. It's very easy now to make an Airbnb listing and get lots of bookings. But what is harder is actually to coordinate there, be be there twenty four seven available for your guests, coordinate the cleaning, coordinate the maintenance, and so on. So that's actually what the what the owners need support on. The, the listing and booking part, it's it's becoming easier and easier with the big platforms. Yeah. So that's why why we focus on on that part of the why we think that at least that's where we can bring the biggest value add. So so and, the value add yeah. I think is coming through the tech, right, Alex? So how you're doing that is really so talk to us about what you've built, why you decided to build it internally. You know, whether you yeah. recommend that on, you know, as someone who's now on the other side, you know, I always love to ask people knowing what you know now, would you have still done it? But, but like, talk to us about where you're in, not only the tech you've built, but where you're putting emphasis as you continue to build out your tech roadmap. Very good point And very, very hot debate as well. How, what do you build in-house and what do you not build in-house and, and in-source from other parties? There's yep. lots of different vendors out there that you can get ready off the shelf software. And I would say for 90, 99% of the property managers, that's probably a good way to go, right? Because actually we raised uh, money to build that software. We raised uh, about 20 million US dollars and that is uh, a good amount of money to build uh, build some nice software. Of course, there's now other players in the industry that raised raised even more. But uh, for us, it, it it really allowed us to to get, uh, I would say, like a really state of the art software. The reason why we said we we want to build in-house software is the ambition with that we started Guest Ready with, and I think you know I, I like to compare it in a way to to let's say Uber or or food delivery that. Uh, 
you can you can build a taxi if you're a local taxi company you can probably buy some off-the-shelf taxi dispatch software and and that works well but if you have a certain ambition then you probably want to build it in-house and really tailor it to your needs and and really also drive the boundary and and be at the forefront of innovation because actually uh, i think nobody has not not many companies have scaled to that size that we are and 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 encounter the kind of problems that we have now. And I think that's something that we realized that when we started off, we didn't have a software. We started off actually with a third-party software. And then pretty quickly we realized that yes, it works, but then lots of uh, we started to as we scaled, we started to run into issues and especially on uh, back then task management, you know, how do you coordinate all the cleaning? How do you uh uh, the owner dashboard, making sure that the owners have all the accesses that they can open and block their calendars, manage their prices, uh, that they can see all their invoices and so on, that this is all compliant to local regulations because then each market is different. So uh, a, a lot on that. Um, and then over time, we just build more and more uh, of these features as we grew. And uh, as you grow the the the, the the sort of the topics become very different uh, that when you're when you're just having five to ten properties maybe it's all about the distribution getting bookings but then when when you have uh, 50 100 properties it becomes about the uh, the the task management the coordination and then when you have like uh, hundreds of properties it's it's about how, how do you keep uh, an overall overview how do you pr process the payments we pay, process like uh, millions of uh, of payments every millions of dollars of payments and we have to make sure everything is reconciled and everything is um, submitted on time to the owners so we built a, a really cool solution for that where we have a we have a segregated client fund account for each of the owners uh, that that is sitting there and we all know these horror stories also of property managers going bust taking all the money from the guests and then the owners are left out of the pocket we you know we we definitely didn't want to uh, see that happening to 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 our owners and give them a lot of confidence that uh, that their money is is safe and you know it's just all system guided and there's no human error. So um, these kind of you know the, as as you grow the the topics become different and uh, yeah that's basically how how we how we build it and in food delivery it was the same initially we we used third party dispatch software and then you just realized that, uh, that the more the more the more uh, interfaces you have between softwares the more they don't really talk that that well to each other and then you you just you, the, the whole in the end the whole experience um just declines and and i think that's very good for for us as well that uh, you know that everything is integrated uh, and and in the end it it results in a in a great experience for the for the owners and the guests. So this property management software is very sophisticated. It sounds like it's very sophisticated. I mean, it worked for you guys. You've got over 4,000 properties using it. You guys decided to open the software up to the general community, right? Absolutely, yeah. So well, in 2019, we, we started to open it up and uh, Basically, whenever like bef before that, uh, whenever we talked to other smaller property managers about our software, they were like, "Wow, this actually sounds super interesting." And it's like exactly the kind of tools that I 
that I would need. And uh, then eventually we said, okay, then why don't we open this up actually and, and give it to to partner property managers. And then uh, now we have 1,500 properties managed by partner property managers with our software. And uh, yeah, many of them are, are actually there for uh, since the very beginning, we, we pretty much had nobody leaving, leaving us so far and, and adding more and more. And uh, I think that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of, of our business um, because in the end, the software is there. It's, I think the unique part is really that it's, it's a software developed from a property manager for other property managers, right? Because uh, a lot of the other softwares, uh, it, it's, it's very hard actually to, to deliver really great software um, unless you're very close to the customer. And, and we're extremely close to the customer because we're our own customer. And, and we get feedback from our operational teams on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. And um, the feedback loops that you have or just the iterations that you can run is, is so quick that, uh, I think this is quite uh, quite different from from how a software firm that doesn't know actually property management how they would develop their software. This was always uh, one of those key points, Matt. I you know I speak about it quite a bit, which is a lot of the software that we have in the industry were built by technologists that came in and saw an opportunity, but really didn't have a clue about how the industry works. And so the idea that a property manager has gone in spent the time managing properties, understood what they want, developed it successfully, and then has launched it to the marketplace is very unique as a software in the industry to the rest of the, the, the technology that's in the space. Uniquely enough as well, the people that developed it are in the technology space. So I wonder, you know, is this, does this, how does this affect our industry? Because in my mind, this is where success really comes in. If we build proprietary technology that works with the understanding of the backbone of how things work, then does that make our operations that much smarter? Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. I mean, you've got a, a few, I would say that at one time or another, you know, streamline, I, th I think it, yeah. if, if they go back to the very beginning, I think of PMSs, streamline started as a property management company, a little bit of a similar story and, and, and built something that they needed couple, it, it's interesting because it also ticks the debate I think that's going on right now, which is, you know, with some of these larger companies, are they a tech company? You know, very different valuation. Vacasa went to market in the US, went, you know, public pushing the, we are really a tech company, you know, operating revenue trades at a very different multiple and, and off of different, different um, metrics. But I do think that there is, to your point, some some real value. And I like what Alex said in that even if you have the money, you know, we do this at Explory. We love to take off-the-shelf products to start. One, because it's speed, right? Mm -hmm. But two, even the best technologists that I've ever met, it, it sharpens your vision of what you're going to someday in, need to build. If you sit there with a blank slate, Sometimes it's tough to imagine where different things are going to take you and what you're going to need to solve that problem. And some of it you could have never have seen, but if you take something off the shelf, you start to, you get to get into it and get your hands dirty, which I think is what, that's the interesting part for me is that Alex, you, your group, I mean, and I'm sure I'd love to hear if, if that's been an experience, but it wasn't like 
you were a group that said, okay, we want to start from the very beginning. We're going to build our own technology and we're going to be operators. You're kind of like, we're going to be operators. We're going to use other tech, then figure out where that tech falls short before we start building our tech, right? If somebody didn't give you a $20 million check in a complete blank slate, it wasn't all blue sky at that point, I guess. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I guess we started with the the vision already that we would have uh, to to build our own technology, right? If we want to get right. to that to that size of an Uber or to that size of uh, of some of the very large uh, delivery companies that are out there, you have to have your own tech stack. But uh, what exactly we build in house and what exactly we we bring in from outside, uh, we we didn't have a, a, a set set mind on the beginning and. You know, even now, I think you know we're we're. It's not that we're 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 opposed to also opening up our API and integrating with other software. We're integrated with Price Labs and and Beyond Pricing, for example. So you know they're like they're integrating with us, and you know there's certain aspects that uh, it makes sense to also to also allow third parties to to focus on very specific areas that they do really well. I think what what it was really important for us that we that we control the core and that we make sure that everything that is core to our business uh, is really aligned and the different parts talk to each other. And for example, you know, one example is the, the mailbox that we have, uh, or the, 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 we have a virtual call center where that is also actually in the software available for, for any other property managers using us. So when, when a guest calls us, immediately the reservation pops up of that guest because they call from the guest's number, right? So it's not, we don't have to ask them, oh, which which reservation are you? And uh, like, and, and so on, which is quite awkward then sometimes. Okay, so so immediately we know what what uh, uh, what guest it is. And the same when, when we get a message, then, you know, all the details of that reservation are just right there at the tip of, of your fingers in the messaging inbox. And a lot of these, it's just, there's so many different parts and there's so much information that if you want to work efficiently, you have to have it all at the right space. And it's very hard to actually do that if you piece together different parts of the different softwares. This is one of those areas. I mean, to me, that's just intelligent. You're, we talk about management of guests and, and understanding your guests, knowing where they're at in their travel space, um, the hotel space does this really well. They, they understand their guests. They've got, you know, all sorts of rewards programs, but they can do that because they understand and they know how the guest travels. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are planning with guest ready and rental ready and how you envision the future of our space. And are you considering at all any types of rewards programs? Where are we with that space? Yeah, sure, and and I think we actually didn't introduce rental ready. Rental ready is that technology that we've been talking about uh, all the time. Uh, so rental ready is the technology. Guest ready is the property management company, and and that's the two companies that that we're running. Uh, the 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 way forward, uh, how we see it. Uh, I mean, definitely on the guest side, there is a lot that uh, we we have in the in the works. We just launched uh, our guest app where. They can, you know, where guests uh, get a lot more information. They can manage their bookings. They can book activities. They can book extra services and so on. So there's there's a lot to be done there, uh, where we can offer really really cool experiences and and extra services to the guests um, through that platform as well, but very seamlessly. And then on the rental ready side, yeah, it's 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 about 
you know, bringing that to, to more property managers. I think so far we've been really focused on the product. We haven't really been focused too much on the marketing of, of that, uh, of that software to property managers, but we're now starting to build a bit more of a team around that, uh, and, and, and really starting to bring that to market and we're seeing very good results. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's, what's in line. And then, yeah, for guests really overall expanding to new markets where we're, uh, we have entered Spain this year. It's a fantastic market and uh, there's many more markets uh, in Europe that we're not, not part of yet and uh, where we want to bring our service to. So there, there's a lot of very exciting topics waiting for us. If, if I could, and I know, I know we're starting to get a little low on time, Alex, but one of the interesting questions I heard the other day asked on, on a panel, it was actually in Spain at, at, at the Vitor summit was the, the focus on uh, supply versus demand. Not that you can't focus on both, right? But it does. And, and now I'm going off that panel. It, when, as I thought about the question, when it was being asked, it does feel like to me that there's been a little bit of an overemphasis you know, here in the U.S., certainly driven by Airbnb and Verbo have been battling it out for for supply, you know, almost to the suggestion that demand is endless and that part will just figure itself out if you have the supply. I actually take the reverse view that I feel like if you own the gas, you'll you'll never want for supply. Um, in fact, you'll you'll have your pick of supply. But I mean, it. Is that an academic argument, you know, or not an argument? Is that an academic just question of which matters? They both matter. Yeah, I'm sure you probably have some great experience from food delivery, right? Who has this exact, I mean, it's a multi-sided marketplace. Mm. But how do you, how do you think through that? I think it's also based on the position where you're, where you're at and what your part of the service is. So I think if you're actually a demand platform, uh, then it's, it's, it's really about driving that demand. So in food delivery, it was much more about the demand. If you get the demand, then the, the, you know, the, the, the supply would come. But of course, it, it helps to have great supply to get the demand as well. Right? So it's a bit of a chicken and egg. But I think the harder part in food delivery was to get the, get the demand. And I felt that actually on, you know, on, the, on the booking platform, on the OTA side, uh, booking.com, certainly, they're very much focused on the demand. Uh, I felt and, you know, actually Airbnb, yeah, they talk a lot about exclusive supply, but, you know, in the end, when you look where their policies are going, it's very much focused on the guest as well and, and yeah. driving that uh, great, great guest experience and therefore getting more repeat guests and getting more bookings and then the, the supply will, will follow that. I think for us as property managers, uh, we, of course, uh, I think we're always really focused on the supply because the the owners are such an important uh, client for us. But uh, in order to keep uh, the owners happy, you have to keep the guests happy, right? And you have to get really good ra ratings. Our ambition is to be at the four point four point eight out of five. And I think in you know in most of the markets we're very close to that and 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 hitting that number. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's our ambition. And uh, we just see when, when we do a good job on the guest side, then we get uh, good, good ratings, we get good income, happy guests. Uh, and, and in the end, that leads to happy owners as well, right? Because they see that uh, their properties are, are occupied, that they get, uh, they get the money and, 
and 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 therefore i think uh, yeah while while naturally it's easy to focus on the supply as a property manager in the end if you leave out of sight the the, the demand and the guests then um it will come and bite you eventually i think it's it's very interesting i think uh you guys have done a fantastic job. I've been watching you from the U.S. and, and uh, you know, was very excited to meet you over at the European Tour last year. So we appreciate you coming onto the show. I think we're going to have to have you back because there's so many questions. Book their back to movements that yeah, we're I was going to ask about that too. Like, I just don't have enough time. <laughs> no. Enough time. So I think, you know, if, you know, at some point we'll have you back on and we'll go, we'll maybe we'll dive a little bit deeper into some of the strategies that you guys have with some of those movements in, in the European market. So we can learn from them here in the U.S. But of course, we barely scratched the surface now in those uh, in those couple of minutes that we talked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. We we really do appreciate your time. We know we know that's a big commitment. You've, you've got obligations all over the place, and um, you know, just spend the time with us today. It's it's, it's been great. Oh, the the pleasure was on my side. Thanks so much, Matt and and Brian. Was uh, was really great to talk to you. Thanks, Alex. That's it for this week's episode of GuestX. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. He is Mr. Guest Experience, Brian O'Malley, and I'm Matthew Loney. Signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.